0: all right welcome everyone welcome back to another episode of the polyglottal stop a podcast about language language learning and sociolinguistics from the polyglot's point of view today we have a guest with us we have amarenz who is a content creator in the language space welcome amarenz thank you <laughs> i'm so glad you were able to uh, carve out some time from your uh, schedule to be able to sit with us today um, Please go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, So my name is Amaren. I'm from the Netherlands and I studied linguistics and I'm still studying linguistics, to be honest. Um, um, I am currently doing a master in something called voice technology. So it's kind of an intersection of, um, let's say, linguistics and technology. Mm Uh, And as a student, also for years, I've been um, creating, let's say, blog content, language learning content, um, and um, starting, let's say, linguistic projects that kind of fall within what I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah,
0: that's That's awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, So you have uh, two Instagram accounts, right, in in that sort of language linguistic space, uh, untranslatable and Foreign Language Collective, if I'm correct. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about those?
1: Yeah. Um, So um, the Foreign Language Collective came first. uh, And I actually had a a different Facebook page before that. Um, It all, I don't know, kind of just happened to me, but it was a page about, let's say, traveling and living abroad. Hmm. Um, And for me, language learning was always a big part of that. But I realized that within my audience that there was, distinct group of people who was interested in that language uh, aspect and a group of people that wasn't and so i made a separate page that was really dedicated to to the language aspect but in let's say all of its forms so like language learning but also linguistics um and um and that's, that's that's
0: how you got um that's what created foreign language collective
1: yes yeah and so the name is also quite broad because it was really just supposed to be about language and it's it's mostly like sharing like memes and um like blog articles and, and stuff mm-hmm. and um and from there i kind of got this idea for untranslatable uh and i kind of used the platform of the foreign language collective to to start that that project mm-hmm. um and to to do a kickstarter and to uh, raise money so i could like realize that project so it's kind of a child of the foreign language collective, so to say
0: oh very cool so what is the untranslatable project about
1: so untranslatable is a is um a multilingual urban dictionary Uh um because as a as a linguist um and a polyglot i always found that like when you learn a language it's often very formal Mm -hmm. um but when you live abroad or you have friends from abroad you um that kind of clashes because you don't really learn the language that they speak um and there's not a lot of spaces online where you can actually look for those like slang words um or where they're adequately explained because i feel like sometimes you'll you can find the meaning of something um but not like who uses it or where it's used mm-hmm. um or something sometimes so a word
0: like age group specific or something like that yeah
1: exactly yeah yeah, yeah. like like sometimes I'll, le- I'll learn a word and i said but is it weird for me to use it or is that you yeah. know like how would that go um or maybe country specific like a word can have mm-hmm. a very different meaning in each country and right, so like you the
0: difference between spain and mexico
1: for example yeah for example yeah yeah so if you like i don't know have a word that. Um, if you're unsure what it means and you're trying to look for it, you might find a lot of meanings, but not the one that you're looking for because yeah. you're specifically looking for, I don't know, someone from Colombia who said that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of the idea of Untranslatable to create like a website where people can add, um, I mean, slang and expressions and, and just general like linguistics Things uh-huh. um, and kind of add a bit of a social linguistic element to it, like who uses it, what type of register is right. it, you know? Um, but still keep it kind of, let's say, accessible to people who aren't familiar with linguistics. So right. it's really hard to kind of like, how do I phrase the question in a way that people um, are going to be able to answer it and like give information that that would be very interesting. Uh-huh. Um, yeah so that was kind of the, the idea behind untranslatable
0: that's very cool i have been following untranslatable mm-hmm. and foreign language collective but i started following untranslatable first so i didn't realize oh, that it was a baby okay. of of yeah. flc if i can call it that <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. and uh what i really liked about it was that idea that it's like if you were to translate this literally Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense yeah Um, Yeah. and then understanding that oh okay so this is what that means and then the way that you have your posts i think it's very um easy to read it's easy to like get the get the message and i also like and you know for anyone who is not currently following untranslatable uh it's at untranslatable.co on instagram i highly recommend it if if you like language stuff because it's it's bite-sized right and my podcast is has that same uh, goal of being shorter and like to the point and to get the message and move on <laughs> go on with your mm-hmm. day. Um, one and I like that one of the one of the types of posts you do is where you like you ask for um, input from others right so you'll say something yeah. like in the air and then like share your expressions using the word air or you know things yeah. like that. Um, and um, the other day I was watching, must have been a Korean video uh, on YouTube, mm-hmm. and uh, someone used the term "menonim," "menonim," and uh, <laughs> that's something that I don't think is in the in the dictionary or like on Google Translate. I haven't checked, but mm-hmm. basically, do you remember the movie The Kingsman? Yes, and there was a phrase that they used a lot, which is "manners maketh man." That was like a big thing in that movie, ah, yeah. Manners Maketh Man. And it became very popular in Korea. And so man in Korean is namja, and manners is meno. And so meno, namja, it became menonem, menonam, and that is like a man who has manners a very like a gentleman like a very polite um but it's not you know they have a word for gentleman in korean that pre-existed this movie (laughs) but uh you know like things like that i think are really interesting um about languages and how they uh evolve and how new words are created regularly you know um so because i love stuff like that that was what really piqued my interest about untranslatable i thought it was really um interesting and right up my alley (laughs) so yeah
1: and I I think for most people like it's it's really funny because you um I mean I really created it because I needed it and that Mm. therefore I knew that other people needed it as well like I knew that it was like a hole in my life uh, when I was and and so sometimes um because I speak Spanish um, but the thing about Spanish is that there's so many like varieties and things that often all like i know what these words mean but i can tell that it's a reference to something mm-hmm. um, and that there's usually so i can look up the translation i can maybe even look up what it's a reference to but i don't understand the cultural context around it and like I there's want another to layer there yeah. yeah yeah you can tell like you know there's another layer you just can't understand it quite yeah. or sometimes it's like that's the thing. It's like it's it, the untranslatable aspect of like, I know what these words mean, but together they mean something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other day I was watching a um, documentary, which is amazing, by the way. I think it was like nominated for an Oscar. Um, it's called The Mole Agent about... Um, this- like M-O-L-E? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's about this like 80-something-year-old Chilean... Um, grandpa who goes undercover in a uh, home for elderly people to like find out if there's like abuse and stuff and then he has to like yeah it's amazing um and but when you said it's that- a documentary
0: yeah. Yeah. wow that sounds like you no know, immediately not- you said you described it and i was like oh that sounds like a fun movie
1: <laughs> no it's a documentary <laughs> wow. which makes it even more interesting um mm-hmm yeah and then one of the people from the from the home talks about this this guy and yeah, obviously there's like a, a more let's say like i don't know he still understands what's going on and stuff and and so she said about him that he like kind of that he was very like well spoken he he had he could talk about a lot of topics and then she described that as saying tiene tema like he has themes and that was the way of saying like he's he's well spoken. He knows to he, like he he can talk about a lot of themes or a lot of topics.
0: Ah, interest. I would not yeah. have got that.
1: No, <laughs> I'm explaining mean, it. Obviously, like the the translation, um, if it's correct, and I, I think so. But um, and it's so funny because the woman just said, "Yeah, tiene tema," and the 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 subtitles were like two sentences long like, was like he is able to talk about a lot of topics or something like that and it was so interesting of like being able to just kind of and it, like when you know it it makes sense mm-hmm. like it, it's not completely um, strange or, or, or unnatural mm-hmm. you have to know and even like the word like, like they're not difficult words but you have to know what they mean together um, and then I asked a Mexican friend about it and she was like, I've never heard of that. But but they say, tiene verbo. Like he has... Uh,
0: verbs. verbs. or
1: Verbs, yeah. Or like words, yeah. Which also makes sense. But again, like if someone says, tiene verbo, like I don't know what that would mean. Um, mm-hmm. Just separately. So, oh. yeah. Hmm. The
0: subtitle thing uh, is something I've noticed. Uh, I watch a lot of... Hey folks, sorry for the interruption, I'm just popping in to remind you that what you're listening to right now is an edited, truncated version of my conversation with Amarenz. And if you'd like to hear the full conversation, if you'd even like to see the Zoom video, then feel free to join us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Angelique Voices. For as little as $5 a month, you can enjoy not only the full version, the full experience of this interview, but also the full experience of interviews I've done in the past with different guests like Ryan, David, and Nawel. So yeah, head over to patreon.com forward slash Angelique voices and uh, I'll see you there. Now back to the interview. Uh, yeah. So you said you speak Spanish, right? Do you speak any other languages? Besides um, English and
1: Spanish? Uh, well, Dutch, of course. Right. <laughs> um, and I speak um, Portuguese as well Uh, and I speak um, a language called Frisian uh, which is from the yeah it's a minority language from the north of the Netherlands.
0: Okay so are you from the north of the Netherlands or your family is? My
1: mom is from there yeah it's kind of a thing where like um, yeah I've had a lot of issues with this but like I'm able to understand it fluently Mm -hmm. but I don't really speak it in the sense that, um, as a child, I didn't realize there was a difference between Dutch and Frisian. Um, and so for me, it was just like, whatever my life, my family talked. And so I would just speak in in Dutch and they would respond in Frisian and I could understand it and they could understand me. And so that was fine. Um, and now that I get to an older age, I'm like the only person on that side of the family that doesn't speak Frisian. I, and my dad as well. Um, and so that's kind of a thing now where like, um, yeah, I just speak to them in Frisian, and they kind of go back and forth. So, do you, do. so
0: you've learned, you since learned Frisian, or?
1: No, I'm trying to. Oh, I'm trying, trying to as well. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's quite, it's quite interesting as well. Um, always take the opportunity to spread the word about Friesian. Um, but because it's such a, because it's a minority language, not a lot of people know how to write it. Oh. Um, because which is not taught, it's, it's a very oral language. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, let's say, language technology, and this is part of the reason why I started studying this, um, it has become easier because you have translators now. And so, my mm-hmm. mom, who is, and my aunt as well, who is fluent in Frisian, will translate, will write something in Dutch and translate it to a language that she also knows, um, just to see how it's written. Or use like uh, a keyboard that's able to correct her so she'll write it and then it corrects her in the in the written form um and um and that's how they kind of communicate now so you said like they started with translating just words and then just kind of filling in the gaps with how phonetically you would say it Mm um and so slowly people are starting to write it more and so i'm also in this process of trying to write it more (laughs) that can be quite difficult
0: Wow, that is really interesting.
1: Like, I wish linguistics was more taught in, like, high school and so that people would understand, because I feel like this with a lot of my, um, obviously I have a lot of linguist friends. Um, like, the other day, for example, I was with some, like, non-linguist friends, and then you see that they have very, like, prescriptivist views, you know, and the way they talk about language. Um, it's just wrong, because they'll say things like, oh, yeah, there's no rules to this, and it's like, if, if people are able to communicate, there is some type of rule because mm-hmm. otherwise there is no communication. Like that's, there's always a rule. We it would not know
0: just, what we we're saying if there was none. Yeah,
1: just because someone didn't write it down or some like old white guy didn't teach it to you in school doesn't mean it's not a, like there's no structure to it. Just because
0: like, it's not in a peer-reviewed journal?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's like this... <laughs> Just, That's true. That's true, right? Funny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Or even weird.
0: who decides what, what constitutes as a language, right? Yeah. Like the fact, so some people, some Jamaicans like myself, like my aunt, she's a historian. We both believe Jamaican is a language. Mm-hmm. Patois is its own language. But there are a lot of Jamaican people who say, no, it's not a language. It's a derivative of English. It's a dialect. It's a Creole. Um, and to also... me there are more there's more evidence that it is a language but
1: yeah i mean when i hear about it like it's it's sufficiently different from like i speak english but i wouldn't be able to understand this and like the rules seem sufficiently different yes. for it to be con- like but yeah of course like the consideration between what is a language and what is a dialect is for you know derivation is mostly political and, and yes. things like that. So obviously, there's not a, even as linguists, there's not a standard way to say this is this is a language, this is not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but there's, I feel like there's definitely grounds for this to be considered a language. What's interesting as well is that this often, um, let's say, beyond like, let's say, colonial politics, there's also an, an aspect of, um, let's say, the size of the language. Because what I often get, first of all, within the Netherlands, there are a lot of people who think Frisian is a dialect of Dutch. Mm-hmm. Um, when, in fact, if you look at, let's say, the language tree, it it originated around the same time. It's actually more closely related to Old English. Oh, wow. Um, it's the closest related language to English, actually. Frisian. Yeah. Yeah, so if you have words, for example, like um, like the word green uh in dutch we say groen which uh, like it's uh, like gr vowel sound and then an n okay.
0: uh,
1: but in so like obviously you can see the languages are related but it, in frisian you say green which is much more like it just yeah. sounds like english with a funny accent mm-hmm. um and so <laughs> yeah. it's like a yeah and words like what else is there sweet you say sweet or um there's a lot of words like church, okay. in in Dutch uh, and German. These words now start with a K, um, but in Frisian you say "cherke," so they kind of maintain that "ch" sound at the beginning, and you write it very differently. So that, like, if you see it written, you're like, "What the hell is this?" But if you okay. hear it, um, yeah, it, it has maintained a lot of the same sounds as in um, English. And especially, um, I watched like a show that was set in Scotland or in the north of England, and they'll say, like, I'm not, no, I actually don't know how to say it, but instead of children, they say like, Barn, like, Ben or something. Oh, Ban, yeah. Yeah. It's and like they B-A-I-R-M, also, A I R N, something like that. Yeah. And in, in, in Switzerland, they say uh, Ben. Oh. Just like that. And so when I heard that, I was like, wait, is that like a connection? <laughs> And so that's, yeah, it's a very interesting. But it's because it's a small language that people, and obviously it's, it's had a lot of influence of Dutch over time, but it's definitely a different language by any standard, um, let's say, available, if there would be one. Um, but just because it's smaller than Dutch, it's seen as a derivative of. Mm. Um, and I and, guess
0: because it's spoken in the Netherlands yeah maybe, maybe so it people like be. therefore it must be something yeah
1: yeah yeah and it's i think it comes from this this idea that like standard english or standard dutch is the original and the rest is derivative which mm-hmm. is not the case at all you have all these different dialects and then one of them is standardized but they're not derivative of each other necessarily mm-hmm. like they could be but they don't have to be um and then As a Dutch person, I often meet people who speak German and the way that people who and obviously these are not like, you know, maybe they don't know a lot about these languages. That's fine. Um, But let's say a lot of people assume that Dutch is also kind of they say, oh, it's a mix of English and German or it's like from German, like the way they often speak about It's like, oh, this sounds a lot like German. Um, instead of saying oh german sounds a lot like dutch right that makes sense yeah and and this is and i think this also has to do with the size like the way that people view it like oh german is much bigger therefore it must be older and better and like you know germany is
0: more more popular let's say in in terms of international awareness more people are aware of germany i'm very aware of the netherlands just because of Unfortunately, the transatlantic slave trade, they had a pretty big uh, role in it, as as small as the country is. And then of course it also became popular when I was growing up for Amsterdam um, and being able to smoke weed there and things like that. Um, But you know what you were saying just now makes me think, I was thinking just that about like the different Scandinavian languages and how so many of them are so similar, I think, or someone who speaks Mm -hmm. one, maybe they don't like, maybe they're um they're danish they so this is a random story do you know the tv show taskmaster so i wanted to ask you a little bit about like how did why did you start learning spanish and portuguese
1: oh i um so i think in like somewhere in high school i i was just interested in by the way in dutch we all learn um french and german in high school um Okay. And so I have some knowledge of those languages, but not very good. Um, and so, I don't know, to me, Spanish is more interesting, and I ended up doing an exchange here in uh, Panama when I was 16. Um, yeah, and that was really, like, you know, obviously, like, super immersive as well, so you learn it really well. Um, and then when I came back, I uh, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, so I did a, a Bachelor in Latin American studies. Okay. Um, because I was quite like, you know, it's so, like starting to understand the continent in a way, but not quite. And I was like, I'd like to continue this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I had to choose between Spanish and Portuguese. And then I said, well, I guess I already like speak Spanish quite well. Um, I would like to learn Portuguese just to have another language. Um, and I actually, it was really, it was kind of random. Um, but I actually ended up loving it. And it was just amazing. And, um, yeah, I really love Brazil as well.
0: I was going to ask um, which Portuguese you speak.
1: Yeah, speak. That, yeah, because it's Latin American. Obviously, it's Brazilian Portuguese. And, uh, yeah, I also ended up doing an exchange for, like, six months in, in Brazil, which was amazing. And, um, yeah, and I think, I don't know, I just, it, I think it's kind of random because when you're, I don't know, a teen, you... Get these random ideas, but they're not really based on anything. It's just like, <laughs> you know, something takes your interest and then you just start with that. But now I feel very um yeah, I feel like it's in a way, in the same as English, in a way they feel like my native language because I was like sufficiently young enough to for that to be a part of my life, so to say, of uh-huh. my like I don't know, like yeah, under not just 20. in a classroom, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like an actual, yeah. And um yeah, definitely, like, Spanish and Portuguese less so than than English, but it definitely, like, yeah, there's a type of, like, feel very comfortable speaking those languages. And I kind of miss it when, you know, because they say that you have, like, different personalities in each language. Um, and so I, I kind of, yeah, I think it's true. And I realized that, um, like, because last year I, I lived in Spain, mm. Um, and so, yeah, I could, I could speak Spanish, although like Spanish from Spain is so different um, from Latin American Spanish that I, um, sometimes, I had like Spanish friends and I, we did the master together and I would prefer to speak English to them because that was like the language we had for our master. And then when they spoke Spanish, it was like so different from mine that I just kind of felt like the odd one out. Mm. Like, I don't know. It just, it kind of feels weird, and I kind of have the same thing with English now because I'm in London right now. Mm. Um, And um, while I speak more American English, and then if I'm in a crowd of only British people, I'm like, obviously there's no language we can switch to. uh, And I feel like English, in a way in English, I feel more comfortable in like international settings. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like so apparent that my way of speaking is so different from their way of speaking. And um, and that's sometimes kind of um, uncomfortable. But yeah, what sorry. What I wanted to say about the personalities is that um, I'm studying in the Netherlands now, and I wasn't able to speak Spanish for a while. And I was like, I miss it because I miss that person who I am when I speak Spanish. Right? Like it was kind of this part of me that wasn't able to express herself, and I. For a while, I just started like thinking in Spanish, and it was like, kind of, I don't know, it was just kind of brewing in my mind the whole time because I had no outlet for it. Mm-hmm. Like I could write some friends, but there was no like, I don't know, no conversation in Spanish. And so I really started looking for people who spoke Spanish, and it was kind of like a, like a desperate attempt to be like, I want to, I don't know, express this part of myself. Like mm-hmm. it's a weird thing.
0: So. Uh, thank you so much for um you know uh, using up some of your time uh, as you travel uh to speak with us today uh do you want to share like your social media handles and stuff for people to follow you uh
1: yes so um as mentioned before it's the foreign language collective without the so it's just at foreign language collective on instagram i think it's the same on on um, facebook um or untranslatable it's uh, at untranslatable.co that's also the website by the way um which is where you can really add words and see words that other people have added so you can search things there um, and it's you know if, if some like cute or interesting expression or word comes to mind please do add it to the website <laughs> because that's kind of how we grow and get more information out there um Yeah, I think those are my uh my professional handles and uh, i guess if you want to follow my personal one it's just my name at amarens and that's it on instagram
0: all right so everyone please do check out amarens on instagram and facebook and i will of course put all of the links in the show notes so that you can uh, find them more easily Uh, amarens thank you again so much
1: thank you for having me
0: Thanks for joining us today, folks. I hope you enjoyed hearing me and Amarenz chatting a little bit about linguistics and language and things like that. Uh, If you do like this episode, please share it with a friend and uh, we'll be back next week. But until then, please remember that you matter and so do Black lives. Happy learning.